Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today's edition, we're going to be talking about LinkedIn and entrepreneurship with Britta Blansky. How's it going? Good. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Me as well. This is going to be a great episode. I mean, like we were talking uh, before we started about uh, LinkedIn, it's uh formerly known or currently known as a job site, but it's become so much more than a job site. And, um, you know, so I find this kind of interesting and I think that uh, maybe it needs more attention than it's getting and there's more opportunities there, but which we'll get into later on in the show. I want to start off the show like I normally do with a uh, bio of who you are, what you do and how you got there. Yeah, great. Well, I um, am a Minnesota native, but I have been living in Italy for over 10 years now. And I taught English in a private school for a very long time. And while I was doing that, I was trying to come up with something that will allow me to stay at home with my two boys more often than I was with the school schedule. And so I kind of ventured into the world of virtual assistants and they always talk about the importance of niching down. And so I slowly niched down into social media management and then into LinkedIn. And I actually kind of had stumbled across it by having a client reach out and say, I need help with LinkedIn. And initially I too was like, oh, LinkedIn, it's, you know, that's kind of boring. I don't want to do that. Like who uses it? It's only for job seekers. There's not exciting content, but I, you know, in the hopes of growing my business, I took her on as a client and absolutely was blown away by the kind of content and engagement and community that you can find on LinkedIn. And so I went all in um, and now work exclusively only with LinkedIn. And I help people leverage the platform to really express and show their personal brand, their expertise, and become a thought leader within their industry. So whether you are a small business owner, an entrepreneur, or even if you're an employee within a company and your company is trying to really get their vision and mission out into the world to attract top talent. Right. So that's pretty awesome. Now, you you said that you moved to Italy. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was the inspiration with that? <laughs> um, so it actually goes back to high school. I studied abroad in high school mostly because I wanted to escape the high school world, right? I think there's, we always go through that crisis of high school is not a very fun place. Even though I didn't have a negative experience, I was just looking for something different. And so I studied abroad for six months in Italy, fell in love with the country, knew I wanted to go back. So I majored in Italian uh, from the University of Minnesota. And while studying abroad in Italy for an academic year, I met my husband and the rest is history. Uh, okay. So that answered my second question. I was going to yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I'm not used to hearing that uh, journey, but uh, it sounds fun. It sounds great. And I um, mean, you know, I was, I'm a native of Italy as well. I mean, I was born in Canada, but my sister and brother were born in Italy. So we oh, kind of immigrated. Uh, Abruzzi is uh, where our hometown. Okay. Wonderful. I was going to ask if Pampaloni was an Italian last name. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it, it's interesting how uh, life goes and stuff. And so awesome, awesome. With that being said, so you were going to get into uh, teaching in the beginning, but you didn't really want to be tied down and you know, to that uh, sort of clock, for lack of better description. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now that's the thing. Growing up, did you see yourself becoming an entrepreneurship or you know venturing out, or did you see yourself doing the nine to five, and then it just became a, a different reality when it kind of happened? Yeah, it's a good question um, because really, my I come from a family of entrepreneurs, and so um, both of my grandfathers, both on my maternal and paternal side, worked for themselves and started their own businesses. And then I have lots of family members who are now entrepreneurs as well. So direct family, my brother, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles. So it's just kind of like, it's not surprising when I think about it that I would also be an entrepreneur. Um, but something I've noticed throughout all of my you know, career and the job opportunities that I've had is that I really enjoy helping people. So I really enjoyed the service industry. Like I can honestly say, working at Starbucks as a barista was probably my favorite job because I loved the, the interaction that I had with clients on, on the regular and getting to know them. And so that's what I love about what I'm doing now is that I'm helping people and I'm seeing how the help that I give them influences their life in a positive way. So there's a direct positive impact in that. And that's what, that's the joy that I get out of it. So I don't know, maybe someday yeah. I say like, I would love to own a little cafe or bar here and go back to being like a barista and like that would be <laughs> another type of entrepreneurship, you know, compared to what I'm doing now. But as long as I'm serving people. So whether that's in a nine to five or as an entrepreneur. Makes sense. And that's the thing, right? Life changes, we change directions. Sometimes we don't know where we fall. Sometimes we think we're going to one direction and we end up going to a different direction. So it's kind of interesting and it's kind of great that you can ride the waves and pivot as, as you need. So that's, you know, that's what entrepreneurship is really. It's finding the opportunity and following it. Exactly. Yeah. And being willing to pivot and change, right? That's exactly. Fun, right? It's being like, okay, this isn't working. Time to change. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, I mean, nothing is smooth sailing. Everyone expects to get into entrepreneurship and have it a straight line up or a straight line down. It's one of those things I'm going to try it one month later. Oh, it didn't work. It's not going to work. That's the end of the story. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work that way. Sometimes you can land mm -hmm. a deal that'll give you like 20 grand and you're like, whoa, this is great. It's going to happen. Then you go six months with zilch. Right. And then you're going, what the heck happened? Right. So, and that's the true entrepreneurship. You just never know. And with that yeah. being said, we all have hurdles. So my question to you is what was your biggest hurdle and how did you come out, like overcome it? Mm -hmm. Oh my, um, I'm a little bit nervous answering this question because I feel like I have the sensation that there might be a lot, even like a larger hurdle coming right now. <laughs> so I don't want to like jinx, jinx what's going to happen. Right. Um, because I think the hardest thing, and I don't know, but I don't know, I feel like it's kind of a cop out because it wasn't that hard, but everyone has their own journey was actually fully moving in to entrepreneurship. So I was still teaching and I invested with a business coach. And for me, it was a really scary investment financially. And so I knew that if I didn't make that return financially, it would be a burden on my family. And that was, that was scary. And so, and the whole hopes was that if I do this, then I will be able to leave the school and it worked. So because I think because there was that fear and that risk, I was really determined to make sure that I did do everything in order to make that investment back. 
and be able to replace my teaching income, if not more, and be able to safely leave the school. So in the end, I mean, it wasn't like, I didn't have a massive loss or anything, but it was definitely a huge risk for me to take. And it was scary because there was a large, there was a chance that it wouldn't have worked out. Right. Well, that's the thing, right? Hurdles doesn't necessarily mean loss. Hurdles can also mean obstacles that slow you down or force you to go, to go around, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's like too many times we take that word hurdle and associate with something bad. Right. 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 So it doesn't have to be bad. It just means it was an obstacle. So yeah. that's that, well put. And it's hard to go from, uh, you know, regular weekly or biweekly paycheck with constant income to I'm going to spend money I really can't afford and jump off the tracks and see what happens. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that that is a huge, you know, hurdle to get past. So right. I commend you for that. Yeah, thank you. You put it very eloquently. I mean, you, you described it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's the truth. So with that being said, we also have the opposite experience, right? Like after we take that jump and we, and we get past that hurdle, we go through it and, you know, let's face it, even when we're at our most successful moment, we still have that thought of, am I doing this right? What am I doing? You know, should I have done this? Was there a better path? Should I have done something else? But then we get what I call that aha moment. And that aha moment is where something hits, it clicks, it snaps together. And now you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Doesn't necessarily mean you're making millions or you're the most successful. It might not even mean that you're successful yet, but you just know that you're in that right spot and you're starting to head in the right place and the right journey and, and where you want to go. You just mm -hmm. have that aha moment to say, yeah, this is it. I know. Yeah. What was that moment for you? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, I'll say there was a moment actually just this past spring, I would say maybe in May. And I was driving uh, in the car with a friend, giving them a ride home. And just talking about how difficult this year has been for personal reasons. And I remember I told her, I said, if I had still been teaching and if I didn't have my own business, like I wouldn't have been able to make it through this year. And so I just realized like what a gift it was for me to be able to be my own business owner and be able to either accept clients or say no, or, I mean, I have two subcontractors who help me. And so to be able to say, you know what, I can't do this right now, or I need to take time off so I can pass this off to my subcontractors or, you know, my boys need me and I don't have to tell anyone or ask for permission. I'm still able to do my job and be at home with them. So there were just so many examples where it's like, this is an incredible blessing and a gift. And like, if it had been any other way, I don't know how I would have been able to get through this year. I get that. I get that. Um, so perfect. That's actually a good answer. It's kind of very, a touching one actually. Yeah. Well, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's not as, you know, I didn't have like a, some client or, you know, a moment necessarily like business related, but it was more personal life, life related, where it's like, yeah, this is what I should be doing because it, it has huge benefits. Absolutely. And we all get hit different ways with different moments, right? Like that, that, that makes it. So with that being said, I heard that you scaled and you have more people. Mm -hmm. So how did that come about? Where was, you know, where was that opportunity? Like did, 
Did you do it because you were overwhelmed? Did you have a vision and thought I can't do it without hiring? Like how did that come about? Yeah. So I, about a year ago, maybe 18 months or so, I was continuing to have increased interest for LinkedIn and particularly in management, which is something that I'm now kind of phasing out of, but management was logging online and being in someone's account and engaging for them. And, you know, you only have so many hours in a day. (laughs) And so, you know, someone's going to buy and purchase a package that includes 30 minutes of engagement Monday through Friday. And I have 10 of those, you know, I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. And so um, that's when I had taken on team members to help kind of equal out and stabilize that quantity of work. Also for my own well-being, I don't think it's healthy to be attached to the computer for that long, you know, intensely act, you know, you're concentrated on what you're doing, you're spell checking, you're, you know, you're trying to be witty and funny and looking for the right people. And so it came, I was like, I can't, this isn't sustainable. Um, I'm going to burn myself out. And if I want to keep on growing and initially I had the idea, like maybe I'll become an agency and I will just manage this and I won't do any of that, but it will all be delegated out to my team members. But now I'm actually, I've pivoted and I realized that I want to go more into the consultant educator aspect of LinkedIn and not the hands-on management side. That makes sense. And yeah, I, lo- I love that story. And I love how you said that, you know, the management part is what you're getting out of. And not because like, no, don't manage people. I don't mean it that way. It's more of the fact that like, it's called social media. And this is the part I never understood is that it's social media and yet people, I don't want to do it. Let's pay someone to do it. Yeah. Um, and when I do it, my message is going to be, call me, hire me. Me, 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 I, 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 buy, 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 50% off, 25% off. Um, how's that social, right? Like that's that's not social at all. That's that's just basically a uh, on-screen ad versus on the uh, back of a bus ad. You know what I mean? Like there's really right. no difference, but we right. call it social media. So where's the social part? And part of the social media part is not just the posting, but the interacting with people and answering questions. Now, the way I view it is having a third party answer questions about your business. Sounds like you don't even want to work in your business, mm-hmm. right? Like it just seems off to me. Like I, I don't get it, right? And and that's the part why I don't understand the management part. It's like, you know, if you want to do this, you got to commit. Now hiring, you know, someone to help you with the setup, hiring someone to help you with uh, strategy and planning, that all makes sense. But in the end of the, at the end of the day, you got to do the work. Right, well, especially to see the effects of LinkedIn, you don't need to invest 30 minutes a day. Like that's a lot. You can start even just with 10 minutes. So if you're telling me that you don't even have 10 minutes to interact and respond to some comments or engage in a conversation yourself, then maybe, you know, you need to look at your schedule and your time management because I'm sure you can squeeze in 10 minutes. And it's not, I mean, the side of it that is uncomfortable for people is you might be in a conversation through comments and then later find out that that wasn't even actually that person, (laughs) right? You're like, Oh, that wasn't you. And so, you know, take, use your time wisely and invest it where you can. And the whole point is for it to be authentic relationship building. And so the, you know, easiest way to be authentic is to show up as yourself. 
100%. And here's the other point, right? Like going to what you're saying, you find out it wasn't you. What happens? And I'm sure this happens, right? Where someone's managing it and posting for you. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you get a call. It goes, yeah, I'm following up on what we were talking about. And the person is like, what were we talking about? And, right. and, and the person doesn't look at, oh, someone were, was someone else answering? Or do you have an assistant who does your thing? They look at that and said, we, we just had a conversation. What are you, stupid? Because they don't know. You would think that when you're messaging someone online, they're the ones responding. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't think that it's uh, somebody managing it. Right? Well, it's, that's why people don't like the automated messages as well. Like there's lots of tools out there that say, you know, invest and we'll find leads for you. We'll send like a whole series of welcome messages. But people, it's funny because people see through that right, right away and they're like, oh, that's not even you. And it gives a, you know, a negative first impression. Exactly. And that's what online is. Let's be honest. What is online? It is your reputation. Right. It is part of your reputation. It's not a big part of it in 2022. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Anything that's on the Internet, essentially, even if you delete it, it's not really deleted. And so <laughs> you have to be careful, you know, of what you're putting out there. Exactly. And that, and that's my point, though. And if somebody says, would you do something like you'll give them a negative example? Well, no. Why? Because that'll ruin my reputation. So how is it any different if it's on Google? Mm-hmm. Right. People. What do you think people do? When we talk, like we talk, we reach out and message. What's the first thing that everyone does? They load up Google or they load up on one of the social media profiles to look you up. Exactly. Right? So you're building a rep. You're building a brand. And that's what it is. Which going back into LinkedIn here now, right? Like LinkedIn is now a great tool to build up a personal brand. Mm-hmm. Right? It's no longer that job site. Correct. How did that transform and how did you discover that? Like, because I'm sure, like you said in the beginning, you thought it was a job site too. Like, mm-hmm. tell me the differences you saw before and how it's working now. Yeah, well, I can honestly say that I wasn't active on LinkedIn before 2020. I had an account and I made an account as soon as I graduated from university because that's what everyone does, right? We're like, oh, make your LinkedIn account so you can get a job. And I had logged online like rarely um you know i didn't have the app on my phone i probably like forgot my password (laughs) and every time (laughs) i logged in i didn't like i clearly remember not understanding the content that was on my feed like it would be from company pages and there would be reports or stats or just like information um strictly related to the industry using vocabulary and verbiage within that industry that I did not understand. So to me, it was looking at like a foreign language essentially. And that's why I don't think I spent any time on it because I was like, all right, I don't understand anything here. There's nothing here for me. I'm not clearly like job seeking in the moment. So this doesn't serve me any purpose. What I noticed in 2020, when I started using LinkedIn specifically for a client was like, it had completely changed. Like now there was personal content. There was content that was like educative. I could read it and understand it. It was simple to understand. I have learned so, I have learned so much from spending time on LinkedIn. I almost think I could go in and like teach classes on leadership and team management and feedback and employee well-being. And like, I'm not a career coach in any means, but I can help you with resume tips and and things that like are not my area of expertise, but because people are sharing sharing such high quality content, 
that they genuinely want people to learn and they come across as a personal, like a personal post. Like I know who I can put a name to a face and I can tell you what they talk about. It's completely revolutionary and it's not like other social media platforms like Instagram or even TikTok where they're demanding video. Like you can absolutely use video on LinkedIn and people will share Instagram reels or TikTok videos as repurposed content on LinkedIn, but that's not what LinkedIn is asking for you to do. And so like you don't feel this pressure that you have to perform or you need to do a cute dance and have exciting music and everyone is always fighting for attention, but it's a different kind of attention. And you know that when you log in, you're not going to get the entertainment that you might expect to find on other social media platforms, but you're going to get value and you'll probably learn something. Which makes sense. And and that's the thing about LinkedIn. What I love about it, and this is me personally, is that you can choose what type of content you share and you still have that organic reach. Like prime example, if you're not a video person, you don't have to do video. Like try to go on Instagram today and not do video and get any attention whatsoever. It's like, good luck with that, right? Right. Like you don't have to do the dance on Instagram, but it's video predominantly. Same with TikTok, right? There's no real images. They convert your images to video. So with that being said, that's like, you're almost your only option. But if you like to type, like if you like writing, what are your options? You have medium, but that has a limited option and may not hit the target, you know, your target audience. So what is the other option? If you write on LinkedIn and you have something you know, you can get your own personal voice in there through writing. You don't have to do video. You could, but you don't have to. And it still yeah. reaches people. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's something that I love about it is you have creatives in all different areas. You have the video content creator who's always putting out a video and they're successful, but then you also have the content creator that uses very short sentences, doesn't ever use an emoji, doesn't even use hashtags, and they're still wildly successful. So it's like there's space for everyone. Exactly. Now, again, most people know it as a job site. Now, and and somebody who wants to, you know, explore LinkedIn more and get more on and build that personal brand, what would be the starting steps that you would tell them? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the very most important thing to do on LinkedIn is to optimize your profile. And what does that mean? That means that you should have a really nice, clear profile picture that's representative and reflective of who you actually are as a person. So again, just because it's the professional platform doesn't mean you need to wear a suit and tie or wear a jacket when that's not how you would show up, right? So let people know this is what This is what I'm actually like. So if you speak to me, this is what you can expect to see. And then um, having a really strong headline. So the headline are the words that are right below your profile picture. And if you don't put anything in there, it's just going to default as the title, the job, the current job title that you have listed under your work experience. But that's the first thing that people see when you comment or when you send a message or when they search your name and you come up. And it's important because it also has SEO. And so you want those keywords in there to have your name populate, but also to become memorable and be known for something. So of course we are so much more than our job title. (laughs) So let people know like 
what you actually do. Like how, how do you make an impact? How are you different from someone else within your industry? And then you can even throw in personal aspects in there. Like my own uh, headline has the fact that I know a lot about Italy. It has the fact that I'm a mom that says that I love espresso. So it's like anyone who reads that could start a conversation with me and say, oh, like I also love Italy or, oh, like I'm also a parent or, oh, like I also love a good cup of espresso. Like it gives them something to send me a personalized message on instead of just having like LinkedIn educator, or LinkedIn consultant, it would be hard to initiate an authentic relationship-based conversation. So it makes it, it's easy to become recognizable. And then it's also a gateway into conversation. And then I would say, have a great about section. Um, again, this is telling your story, let people get a sense of who you are and give them something to hold on to and grab onto to initiate that conversation. If you can make an impact with those three things, so like I see your profile picture, you look like a normal person, you know, I can, you're not like hiding anything. It's not a mystery. Um, I have learned something about you, something unique from your headline. And then I got to read more about your experience. Like it's going to either push me to contact you or not. So you want to obviously push them in that direction of initiating that conversation or asking for that connection request or following your profile. Because if you follow someone's profile now, you get their content in your feed. So you don't have to be connected, but at least you'll still see their content. So you can interact with them, kind of stay in front of them and be front of mind. There's lots of other things you can do for your profile, like recommendations and skills. And those are all important. But like if you're just starting and you're like, okay, I want to use LinkedIn more intentionally. Those are three things that you can go do right now, like really easily update them so that your name will get noticed when people do searches and you'll have a gateway for them to initiate conversation. So you mentioned something key here, which applies to especially real estate agents, mortgage brokers and service oriented people, which was the word was relationships. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Too many people go out there and they just want to find selling platforms. Now here's one thing of where I'm going with this. Now I constantly, and I mean constantly get these stupid messages that go, oh, I can help your client with X, Y, Z. Well, you know, chances are I'm not a newbie in my business. So chances are I got the resources I need. So why would I need your help? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's silly, right? Like, again, it's everyone's still trying to use old school tactics in a different forum. They inbox you or they add you. The the, the almighty, I'll add add a connection with no explanation as to why, which is fine because I'm too lazy to write when I add people too. But then... Nine out of 10 times when somebody does that, like within a day, you get an inbox message. Oh, so great to connect. You know, I'm uh, happy to be connected to you and I can help your clients with X, Y, Z. And and it's just like, really? Like, wow, I did not know you were out there. I didn't know that I was going to have someone who can solve all my client problems today. Right? Like, I mean, like that is the worst. There's actually that solution. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> very, very wealthy, right? <laughs> uh, well, exactly. Like, that's the worst way to connect with people. Yeah. I mean, that is like 1970s, 1980s. 2022, that's the easiest way to say block, goodbye. Well, and that's, right? that's where the importance of creating your own content comes in. Because it's not going to be a given that you're going to be a great conversationalist, right? Like, right. I can't, a lot of, a lot of the, a common question is, 
how do I continue the conversation? And it's like, yeah, well, if you're not publishing anything and that person's not publishing anything and now you're just supposed to be in a chat room and magically have things to talk about becomes a lot more difficult. Whereas if you create content that's original, so you're not just sharing someone else's or if you are sharing someone else's, you're at least adding your opinion, your takeaway, your two cents on what that is. Then someone can say, hey, I saw your post or I saw this, you know, that was interesting or tell me more about that or I didn't know that. And it gives them the opportunity to build that relationship. Otherwise, we're, we are only left with cold pitches and, you know, cold messages that no one likes. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's the point I'm getting at, right? Like, it's about building that relationship. Get to know a person. If you take interest, then people will take interest in you. Mm -hmm. I don't. Like even when on my podcast, I don't tell people what I do. I don't need to because when you look at my profile, it's very clear on what I do. Mm -hmm. So, and I've I've been out there before where I put I have had people reach out to me, and then they ask me, "What do you do?" Well, you're randomly reaching out to me. You would think you would have read my profile, right? right? Like That's unbelievable. Like you've just given the worst first impression, right? Because yeah, in like minimal effort, you wouldn't have had to ask that. 100%. So I love that, right? Build relationships and you do that through creating content and interacting with people, which is phenomenal. Now, what piece of advice would you give to someone who does not want to take the route of nine to five or is in the nine to five route and wants to jump ship at some point, mm -hmm. but they're scared and they don't know what to do, what to look for or what to expect. So that sort of new upcomer that is on the fence, what would you say? Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's so easy to say, but I would say just go for it. Like you have to, you have to start at some point and it, and it's one of those cliche phrases, I know, but if you keep waiting for the perfect moment, then there's not going to be a perfect moment. And that's actually the beauty of the journey is learning from your mistakes. So if you are a little bit worried, just start with one thing, say maybe that first thing is improving your LinkedIn profile, just taking that back to LinkedIn. Say, okay, I eventually want to leave the nine to five. I think that I might be interested in maybe you have like three different areas that you're passionate about. So you can't even decide and pinpoint really one yet, but you have at least three. Say I'm, and my ideal client might be on LinkedIn for one of those. So I'm going to improve my profile. I'm going to talk about those three things. It's okay to do all three at once, right? Just, just get started. Just list them out there and then start sharing about it. Share why you like it. Share what's interesting about it. Share a common question. You know, show a picture of you doing that in your free time. So even if you were, I mean, like I'll say you really like yoga and maybe you want to become a yoga instructor someday with your own practice, while you're also working in a corporate job, you know, start sharing about a new yoga move or flow that you do, <laughs> you know, take a picture of you in the grass doing your yoga routine and just let people know that this is an important part of you. Even if you're afraid that like someone within your job can see your content, if it's a hobby of yours and you're doing it after work hours and you're doing it on the weekend, like there's nothing bad about that. And then when you're time to make that shift and go all the way in, you'll already have like a library of content. People already know you for something and like you will be recognized for that. So I would say you kind of have to get over yourself 
because oftentimes we're so concerned about what everyone else is going to think about us. And we're like worried about our reputation and worried about what people are going to say. It's like, who cares? (laughs) Like, stop worrying about it. Stop thinking that like what you do is going to, you know, move the whole, push the whole domino thing, you know, all the dominoes down and now you're going to lose all your opportunities. Actually, it's the opposite. If you don't push one domino, then nothing is going to happen. There's going to be no effect from what you're doing. Instead, if you start putting something out there, then you're going to be opening up doors of opportunity along the way. And you can really only know what you like or what you don't like. And if it's worth going for, if you've kind of got your feet wet in that area already. And so you just have to start trying different things and going for it and not worrying about what other people are going to think or whether or not it's perfect or whether or not it's right. Cause you'll learn actually more from the mistakes that you make along the way. Absolutely love that. Now you touched upon something that I've always thought of, or I've heard it before is what would you tell a person who, wants to update their LinkedIn profile and wants to search something on the side, but is very afraid that their employer will find out and that it may cost their job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's wise to always just check what compliance is because there might be something in your contract. I think if it was in there, you would be very much aware of it, but just double check with that. But then otherwise, I mean, my, my tagline really for my business is the personal is professional. And so oftentimes we have a fear that they're going to come back and say something negative, but usually the response is actually positive. So I've heard of stories where that was the case. Someone was very worried, right? That their boss or manager would get angry with them for sharing something on LinkedIn. And after they've left their job, they've actually come back and hired them on as a contract, you know, contractor. So it's, you know, they were like, they're going to not, they're not going to like this and it's going to be so bad. And it's actually like, no, Hey, we love what you do. And we think you do a great job. And we actually know you and we have relationships. So we're going to hire you to come work for us, not as an employee, but you know, we'll do this project together. So I think um, it's important that you reflect on your own ability to say, Can I do my current job well and meet all the responsibilities and expectations that I'm supposed to have in that job? And if I'm doing a good job, why am I not allowed to share something that I do on the side that makes me who I am? So if I'm a painter, but I'm also working a nine to five, why can I not, why couldn't I share my artwork on LinkedIn? You know, maybe I want to eventually go and do painting lessons, or I want to go full time and become an artist. I don't know. That's just, it's a very simple example. But if the art isn't taking away from your job, but it actually enhances who you are as a person, then I think most people would actually be supportive of that. And then when you do go into the office or you hop on that meeting, people will be like, oh, I saw that painting or that photo that you took, you know, that was really cool. Tell me more about that. Or I didn't know you were a painter or like, oh, you give art lessons. Like I have a friend who wants to take an art class. And you actually realize that probably you created or invented a fear that wasn't as negative as it was. And I know there's situations where people really aren't allowed to comment, but you can still, you can still show your expertise and talk about things within an industry 
without giving anything away. So you could reflect positively your own company by sharing while also proving yourself an expert and an authority figure within that industry. So it could be really beneficial for the company as well, actually, if you started. Well, that's the thing, right? You got an interesting perspective there too, because it is possible and that does happen where they notice your side project. And actually when you do leave the company, they hire you back as a result. That does happen. See, my other take on it, which part is that if your intention is to leave anyways, like it's one thing, if your intention is just to have a side project, that's one thing. But if your intention is to eventually leave anyways, then my view is just go for it and just keep saving money. So that day that they turn around and say you're fired, the worst case scenario is saying, well, I was planning on quitting a month. I just got to do this a month early. So what? You just made it easier for me instead of having fear of handing in my resignation letter right <laughs> exactly that's if you're planning to leave anyways i think it's more of a concern is if you wanted to have like a, like a double thing going and you didn't want to leave then exactly. that's something more to think about so exactly. with, with that being said um i'm gonna ask you one more question two more questions before mm-hmm. i get into what i call the lightning round okay <laughs> so question number one is how do you know you've had a successful day Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, oh my, I think it's very philosophical actually. Um, I would say that if I am proud of the work that I've done, whether that's being a mom or whether that's helping my clients on LinkedIn, it's been a good day. Which is awesome. Question number two is where do people find you online? <laughs> Uh, You can, of course, connect with me on LinkedIn and tell me that you heard me on John's podcast or I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. So Britta June and Co. is the handle on Instagram and Facebook and then Britta Blansky on LinkedIn. That is awesome. So now getting into the lightning round, it's just a fun uh, few questions and Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, random questions, random answers. And I think it's just a little joy. So one is what is your favorite food and why? Berries, Uh, raspberries, strawberries, blackberries. Yeah, because they're both sweet and refreshing. That's the first time I've heard that one, but I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite vacation spot? Ooh, I think it all depends. It depends on what you're seeking out of your vacation. Um, I oh, it's so hard because I love to travel. So I love exploring a new culture. So it doesn't even necessarily need to be, you know, the mountains or the beach as long, or a city, as long as there's something new, different from me. Um, but I also like nature. So I don't know. That, that, I can't answer that because <laughs> there's too many good possibilities. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Uh, favorite podcast? Oh, um right now i am really enjoying blurry creatures interesting what's that about (laughs) um it starts the podcast starts on the whole premise of whether or not bigfoot actually exists and then as you carry on through the podcast it goes on to about a whole all like any supernatural strange phenomenon that you could possibly think about they discuss and it's fascinating it's actually mind-blowing so start with the first episode and work your way through Right. Makes sense. Okay. And what say, what's your favorite book? Do you read? If you read, what do I do enjoy reading? 
I really enjoy historical fiction. And one of my favorite books, I don't know if it's currently my favorite, is the story of a young girl who grows up in Rome. Um, I mean, back in, this is, it's like right after, it's like early, I'm talking about like 100 AD, <laughs> um, early Rome. So it's a story of this girl and it's fascinating. The series is called um, The Mark of the Lion. There's three books in it. Okay. And finally, but not last or least, is mm -hmm. if you had unlimited amount of money and no obligations and you got to do whatever you want to do, how would you spend that day? If you had just 24 hours with of no restrictions. Oh my, 24 hours, no restrictions. Um, I think actually <laughs> I would just stay at home because I love being at home and I would spend it with my kids and maybe give the money to someone who needs it more than I do. Awesome. So I want to say thank you for being on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. A really great conversation. Absolutely. It was been a slice. I loved it. Thank you. If you like what you saw and you want to see more episodes, scroll down and subscribe and click on the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show.